On tonight's program, ladies and gentlemen, we have something that's going to make you sick. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Four Stars Podcast. I'm your host, Hudson Forster, and today we have the Marine Aquatic Center Varsity Women on here. We got Hope Lucia, Mia Subin, Annabelle McCulloch, and Shannon Kearney. I'm super excited to have you guys on the podcast. Thank you for everything. Thank you for hopping on. I've been wanting to talk to you guys for what seems like a century, and uh, we finally got you guys on the podcast. I know I wanted to have Rachel on here, uh, Shannon's uh, pair partner, but I know she wasn't able to make it, but hopefully we'll have her on in the future. Uh, girls, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to have you on. So first of all, just a little introduction about you guys. You guys are from Los Angeles, you know, all around the LA County, um, Marine Aquatic Center is a program that is technically run kind of by UCLA in a sense, uh, the aquatic center that's, they row exactly in the same boathouse that, uh, UCLA rows at, which is, I think really a cool little perk about the program is that you guys literally train, you know, in the same area and, you know, pretty much same quarters as UCLA does, you know, a D1 team. So what are some of the things that you guys, you know, like love about Marine Aquatic Center? Like if you had to say one thing that you loved about it, what would those things be? I think together we get along really well as a team. Like rowing is obviously a very competitive sport because only so many people can make it in a boat. You know, there's only like eight spots in every boat. So it's kind of competitive. We're always trying to make like the top boats and that does sometimes get to like how we all feel like at practice but I don't think it really interrupts like our interactions with each other I think overall our team gets along really well and we're able to still like joke around and have a fun time together and we all like really support and respect each other yeah I think to kind of build off of what Annabelle said um I echo all of that I think um there's just so much love and support amongst all the athletes on the team and this might come up later in the podcast, but, um, you know, after the pandemic, after COVID and um, when our boathouse reopened, our team was significantly smaller than it had been in previous years, just because um, we didn't kind of get the influx of new um, novices throughout the two years that we were closed. But I think we definitely kind of saw some upsides to that this last year because our team was able to really bond. You know, a lot of us would all go out to dinner after practice on Friday night. Um, we'd find ourselves hanging out, you know, outside of practice times. And I think, you know, like Annabelle said, in, in an environment that's very competitive, just in its nature, I think it's really special to kind of have that, that support network. Yeah, and I also think when I've had a lot of coaches throughout the years through different sports, and I think Melanie and Zohar are very special coaches that I've had. They're the ones who will push you the absolute farthest to where you think you're about to crack. But they're also, also the ones who are going to, like, hug you when you really need it. And I think that's really special. And Zohar and Melanie have really been like number one supporters through all the ventures we've gone through, through our sculling ventures, and through feeling like maybe we need to stop that and go back to what we're comfortable with, but instead pushing us to our far, like our furthest and realizing we could go to regionals and be successful in these boats. We haven't been super successful in the past. So I think they're really special coaches and kind of made the program what it is and having to rebuild it further. They value us as like people, not just as athletes. And it, that's really special. And they know that a lot of places that's not the case, but I mean, it's just such a supportive environment. Okay, so let me ask you a question. How close are you guys to the men's team? And do you guys ever do workouts together? I, I know that like some programs, they keep it very separate. Like it's like, 
these have they have their coaches they have their their coaches they do their own thing you don't really see them maybe you can see them a little bit when you're putting away the boats or whatnot but i want to know how it's like at mac i i should have i should have uh i wish i would have gone down there and kind of checked it out before i had the podcast but i'll do it in a couple of weeks like i said to you guys earlier i'm i'm interested in kind of knowing more about the program i've heard great things about it i've walked up by it i've, I've seen the boats my, me and my buddy were like trying to do our little scouting back in the day. We were trying to see what was going on. Uh, and we, uh, you know, we, I saw like all your boats, but they were all in like, they were all covered, all super nice. I was like, damn, you guys have like nice stuff. Us, we have our boathouse, our, our boathouse is like outside, which is, you know, and then we have like all of our, all of our boats are out there on the dock and it's like bird poo everywhere. It's just nothing compared to what you guys have right there. So all I'm going to say is uh, you guys got it good there. So you know, I have uh, a lot of friends that have wrote at, at Mac and uh, the program is a very good program. You guys, you know, it's for being in L.A. and the, like where do you guys row? Marina Del Rey is a beautiful area. You guys have Cal Yacht Club, you know, the reigning sculling champions, which is super cool because you guys have, you know, even though a lot of you guys don't really skull, it's a lot more sweeping. It's still really a really nice touch to the program uh, because you guys are able to compete with that, you know, right there. Um, and you got you got two uh, you know college division one programs right there on the marina. It's a very nice place to row, a very nice place. And the interesting touch about it too is the Bologna Creek that you guys have. That strip of so anyone who doesn't know, Marina Aquatic Center, it's it's literally in the hub of LA basically, and um, it's right there on the on the water in Marina Del Rey. It's it's super nice, and they have this long strip. It's two thousand meters of just a straight like straight thing. It's pretty narrow, but you, they do do races on it and um it's a, a really good like thing for like dual racing um it's it's really interesting I, I think it's a really cool part about it how do you guys like having that and how do you guys use that to your advantage we have the marina and then the creek Bologna creek we can only row on the creek when the water levels are high enough so it's really shallow so if the tide is out we can't row on it so it gets like really contaminated and polluted if it rains like with runoff so if it's rained recently, we also can't row on it, but um, I'd say we probably would like spend 50-50, um, so like half of our time on the creek, half of our time in the marina. The other like really nice thing about the creek is it's a little bit more protected, so sometimes we'd have like really high wind days, and so the creek was a little bit more protected and the waves weren't as big, um, so like we have like kind of like a mile per hour wind limit, um, and if the wind was high on the marina, we could go on the creek. Um, as a coxswain, I really like the creek because it's like you said, it's essentially just a straight um, 2000 meter strip. Although I know I've heard from, I can let some of the rowers touch on this, but I've heard some, maybe some conflicting opinions from rowers because um, I think like basically the entire shoreline is just like rocks and it all kind of looks the same. So I think there aren't as many like landmarks on the creek as there are in the marina. So maybe a little bit more boring for rowers to row in, but as a coxswain, it's a great way to practice your steering. Yeah, definitely. And this year I was kind of, we did our little sculling adventure and I was kind of the team bow. I was the one foot steering everything. So it was really nice to learn in the creek. But when you're in that creek, you either know you have a seat race, you have pieces that you have to finish. And like you, the marina, sometimes the marina gets in the way of our pieces because we have sailboat racing, especially during the summer on Tuesdays night. And it gets really, really busy and you can't do that full like 1500. So you know you're going to get your pieces done. So it was definitely a place of work. Where the marina was more technique based, we definitely did a lot, a lot of work in the creek, which was helpful, but also it gets a little boring sometimes. But can we talk about the fact that head of the marina is one of the most underrated regattas out there in the southwest region? Because let me tell you something, all right. We had this amazing, amazing race. You know, Kyle Yacht Club hosted back in the, I sound like an old head, but literally it was like back in the back in the day, they had like, you know, everyone would show up, all these clubs and 
you know, you'd pull up to the scene and then you, you'd launch by Cal Yacht Club, right? And well, at least for the other clubs that, you know, weren't Mac, right? Um, and you pull up and you, you, you'd, you'd launch there. And they had this weird slalom race. I don't know if you guys know about that, but it's like basically what it is. It's like a zigzag. So uh, Hope, I'm going to, you're going to think this is pretty funny. Imagine taking a Cox quad through a zigzag race. That was brutal. I, it was like my first, like, I think it was actually my, either my first or my, I know my second race ever. And we had, we had like a mixed lineup. It was like, we had two of the guys and then two of the girls on the boat. They just wanted to do it for fun. And I remember we just, we pulled up to the slalom and it was like, literally like, I was like this, like a snake. And I was like, when I tell you how narrow it was, it's primarily used for like, like single racing or like doubles, but we did a Cox quad event. I could not even imagine what it would have been like in an eight, but like, that was a whole, I was like, what the heck? We won that, you know, not to, not to be any, you know, not to say anything like that, but we did, we did take the dub. Uh, it was a lot of fun. And then uh, the head of the, head of the Marina Regatta as well. It's a, most people don't think you can actually do it, but it's literally a 5,000 meter, you know, uh, head race. And it's like, you literally go around and then you have to kind of slam on the brakes once you hit the end by the rocks and you kind of have to do a little like jimmy rig to kind of see you got to really hang off to really get the boat off i mean it was it's fun don't get me wrong uh and yeah a lot of crews uh get defeated there because they realize that you know these la people are actually pretty fast and it's like damn so you know i had a great time i miss it a lot uh that was a, a fun regard I, I again i had a wonderful time so yeah i just thought it was pretty interesting how they how they how they guys do that What's your experience been like? Do you guys, you guys pull up to the Christmas regatta as well, wearing, wearing the Santa hats and stuff like that? Because that one's also pretty good. I'm telling you guys out here in the podcast, we have some very interesting, really cool races out here in Southern California. I mean, we we try our best. You know, these Long Beach Rowing Association, Cal Golf Club, they all try to make sure these races are pretty fun and whatnot. But yeah, I mean, it's it's awesome. I I, I never wore the Santa hat. Uh, I'm a Jew, so I, I mean, I never wore the Santa hat. I probably should have worn maybe like my yarmulke or something like that. That would have been cool, a little interesting touch to it. But yeah, we know, we, we never did that. But yeah, I miss those regattas. And it's literally like the small, it's like literally, Christmas regatta is like 850 meters. And it's like a still a little fun thing. And it's like, you can erase anything you really want. Yeah, it was lots of fun. Yeah, we would always laugh about that because Christmas regatta, like you said, 800 meters, like in December, literally serves no purpose. That's not a head race, it's not a sprint. Like, what is it? But it was always really fun for us. We'd, like you said, we'd get dressed up in costume, and kind of just throw together like the craziest, most obscure lineups um, just for the fun of it to see how fast we could go. But um, Head of the Marina is also very fun. I, ironically, I've actually never coxed Head of the Marina, even though I, I coxed for, for Mac for four years, just because we've always, uh, for the most part, had kind of like a coxing influx um, abundance. And so we would kind of like rotate through races. But I watched it every year and we, same thing, we would always dress up in costumes. So each, because it's like our home race, every boat would uh, choose like a theme and then dress up in theme. Um, so maybe some of these girls can kind of talk about the, the costumes that they wore. I know Rachel and Shannon one year dressed up as Melanie and Zohar in a pair, which was pretty fun. Wow, that's crazy. That's <laughs> insane. Did you, did you wear, did you wear like the Oregon uh, stuff? Because Coach Zohar didn't he go to Oregon? Yeah, but no, I just wore a black beanie and then his like classic glasses and a black jacket and jeans, and which is very simple, but I was mistaken for Zohar a bunch of times. I'd love to know the team culture that you guys are trying to implement. Um, Hope's leaving. She's going to Yale, which is, I don't know, that's, that's a totally different ballgame. That's, I don't know, I, that's insane. I'm, oh, wow. Uh, and then you got Shannon over here who literally competed for the U.S. this summer at the 2022 Junior World Championships in Italy. 
where she got ninth with her pair partner, Rachel Land, who, like I said before, wasn't able to hop on the podcast today, but they did row at the U19 trials and they, they, they won and they're, they're, they literally went on to Italy. And that was a huge thing for, I guess, California as well. And, and LA, because I don't recall anyone who's literally won to world championships that I personally know of from LA area. I know that Thierry Millar who wrote at Mac and then he kind of went to um, CYC. He was a, you know, a very strong athlete and uh, he ended up going to Dartmouth and, and whatnot. But yeah, I mean, that is, you, you guys should be really proud of yourself. I mean, that's a huge honor and it's, it's awesome that you guys were able to do that. Um, what was your experience like from like meeting all those different crews and, and the start lines and hearing all the different languages? It's, it's a whole different ball game out there when you compete for internationally. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, we knew a couple of the girls because we had gone to selection camp the year before um, and a lot of them were, were returning. So we knew a lot of them, um, but it was really cool. We didn't really know what to expect. It was kind of like a, a little dream that we didn't really know was feasible in the beginning of the year that we just kind of like mentioned to Zohar. We we're like, what, what if we did that? If we go to nationals, that's right there anyways. Um, and then it worked out and it was awesome. Um, but it was just, it was most of all like a learning experience. It didn't work out the exact way we wanted it to, but like, it, it was so fun. And um, in our final, they let us sit, well, our start was a little delayed and we were at the start for like 10 minutes and we just kind of got to sit there and take it all in and look around us and like hear the other crews and you know, the view of the Alps. And it was just such a cool experience. Like, I don't know, wouldn't trade it for the world, but we, we learned so much this summer. Um, we improved a lot being in a pair like that's it coaches you it also humbles you too because you really get to re like you really get to just it's it's if you really don't have balance if you're not like if you don't make sure your core is tight and you're really helping out your other pair partner it's it's gonna there's gonna be some difficulties there uh, i we were actually teaching uh we had this so for like i was saying to you guys i was a part of the small small schooling club and it was a very very small you know boat club and basically there was we had just, pretty much did only singles and doubles basically. And occasionally the quad, we had enough people, but we only had four or five guys on the varsity men's team our entire time that I was there. And it was, you know, if one person didn't show up, you know, you had to, you know, everyone was, easy. I, I was pretty much on the launch a lot because I didn't really have much people to cops. And um, anyways, it was, a, it was a learning experience for me because I was really able to kind of see things from a different perspective, right? On the launch, hope you really get to kind of see things, not just from the cops and seat, but like the whole, the whole picture, right? You get to, I mean, I don't know how it was with Coach Zohar and Coach and Coach Melanie, but with my coach, he would talk to me pretty much the majority of the time I was out there, uh, and he would like teach me things and ask me, "What do you see? What do you, what, what what would you have done better?" You know, um, you know, he'll be like, "Okay, so this is where you kind of not only really mess up, but this is kind of the things that you should work on." I'm I'm noticing it's it's I mean it's a lot of like a lot of good things that you should know as a coxswain just to kind of prepare yourself for the next day you go out there, and and it's awesome to kind of. I like to kind of use some of the words that my coach uses because when he says like, all right, I want you to implement this thing at the catch or implement that, I really get to kind of understand, you know, what his thought process is going through. And I really get to put that into the boat when I'm in it. And it really, it does wonders. So I wanted to kind of know some of the things that you love just about coxing in general and, and why this sport just means so much to you. Cause you're really taking it to the next level, you know, NCAA division one level. That's for many other sports. That's like, you know, the top that I mean, rowing, there's no, there's no professional rowing, right? The highest that you're going to get really is internationally speaking. So Shannon's already made that jump, which is insane. Uh, and you know, she still has a lot more years to go through to get to the highest senior national team, but like 
what about this coxing thing do you love so much I, there's so much things to talk about but there hasn't something special that you love most yeah, no, it's a great question. And I get asked it a lot. Um, I think I honestly like don't think I could have found a sport that I that was just more perfect for my personality. I I got so lucky to find it because especially on the West Coast, I feel like it's just such a niche sport. Um, but I love the fact that being able to sit in the coxswain seat and sh- like it's it's a it's a mental game. You know, you it's involves so much strategy. Um, and obviously organization and leadership and, you know, a lot of qualities that kind of just come naturally and, um, things that I was looking for in a sport. Um, and obviously I, while I don't have an oar in my hand and I can't physically impact the outcome of the race or of, you know, of our boat, um, I have never felt more joy or excitement or adrenaline than when I'm sitting in that sea and our boat is flying. Like it's, there is like, that feeling is just unparalleled. Um, and I think just the sense of camaraderie, I feel like everybody should have some sort of experience in their lifetime of being on a team. Um, I think, like I said, the feeling is just kind of unmatched feeling that, um, kind of connection to all the rowers and, and just the joy and the excitement and the feeling of accomplishment. Um, when you, you know, cross that finish line and are, and are proud of your results, um, or just how you, you know, worked together as a team, I think, um, I also got very, very lucky. I've been very lucky at Mac um, because I've been given a lot of coxing feedback. Coxing is kind of an, a, an interesting sport in the sense that it's, it's hard to learn to cox. You know, not many people, when you, when you enter the sport, there isn't really like somebody that sits you down and like tells you what to say. Um, so I think a lot of it is just kind of learning through trial and error and listening to audio recordings, obviously. Um, and I've obviously only been on one team, Marine Aquatic Center, but I get the sense that at a lot of other programs, coxswains aren't giving, given the sort of attention that I was given um, at MAC. And so I'm very, very lucky for that. Obviously, Zohar has been um, a source of support for me for the last four years, and I'm so grateful to him. I love Zohar. And then my sophomore year, we also had um, an assistant coach named Kat Hamilton. She went to work for USC the last year or two and is returning. She was a coxswain as well. And so to have an assistant coach that had coxing experience was super special. Um, because my sophomore year, we had a ton of coxswains on the team. Um, I want to say we had seven or eight coxswains on just the varsity women's team. So it was a, there was a lot, you know, that kind of went into boat, boat selection. And, and um, she spent a lot of time kind of breaking down the coxswain selection process with us, which helped me improve a ton as a coxswain. She created, I'm sure you can research it. She has a website, but um, she created this whole like coxswain evaluation system that she called the cat score and so she had a spreadsheet that all the coxswains were given access to and every week she would rank us on four different categories so our audio recordings our steering we'd take gps steering maps our practice efficiency so how you know efficiently we were able to run practice and then um the actual cat score itself which was this like mathematical literally literally like an algebraic equation that she created that pulled numbers from the cox box from pieces that we would run during practice and her goal was to kind of turn the cox and evaluation process into something that was more uh, more objective rather than subjective and so because she kind of broke it down into those four categories i was really able to pinpoint you know where in my coxing development i needed the most improvement and where I was maybe the most solid. That was really cool. And I was very lucky for that. Sorry, I just kind of rambled, but um, there are so many things I love about the sport. I'm so excited to continue it at the collegiate level. And obviously I'm sad to leave Mac, but I'm excited to meet my new teammates as well. And, 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 you know, I receive feedback under some different coaches. There you guys have it. I mean, geez, hope is, hope is excited. She's pumped. She's going there and she's going to do great. She's going to be Lily Cox and the Bulldogs. It's a very, very good program up in New Haven and 
going to do great things up. I know, guys, I run on the podcast. I should definitely upgrade to the Zoom thing, but I have not upgraded more times. We had to make a new link again. My whole thing is this, right? So there's so much talk about, about Marina Quag Center. There's so many things that you can learn from and so many things that they do that are super unique, just their program. Um, one of the things is the Hammer Award. Like, you guys go crazy about that. So I know Alex Chick held that award for a while. Uh, I know Riley Putnam broke that record of the, of the 2K. Um, I think it was, he went, I think, I don't know exactly where he went to school, but it was this one kid after Alex that he, he was, uh, what's his name again? James Johnson Brown. Is that yeah, right? James, I was about to say James, James Anthony uh, Chavez, but that's the kid from, uh, what's his name? That's a kid from Newport. Uh, yeah, James. Yeah. He, uh, he broke the record after Alex and Alex was like super salty about it. Uh, and now, you know, he beat it. So, so how does this all work? You just. Whoever gets the fastest 2K out of the season, they, they win the Hammer Award. And then you guys have that leaderboard of all those MAC alumni. I, I'm super interested in how this kind of works. And I know Alex mentioned it, that the men's team does, but does the women's team do it too? Yeah, there's a Hammer Award for the best erg of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the board, there's boat average. So I believe the 2020 boat is sitting at the top right now. And then there's a 6K average and a 2K average and for both guys and girls. And that, and yeah, anyone, so novice varsity can get on it. What was it like for you guys to kind of like the one that 2020 season was cut short? Like they had a really good boat. Like they were looking and doing great things. They were literally beating Newport, which I'm sure I've mentioned it before in other podcasts, but Newport's the SoCal champions. I mean, they literally take it always, they always take it home. Um, but I'm just, they literally beat Newport. It was a huge victory of them at Cal Club. That was like the week right before COVID hit. Like that was like the last time I feel like rolling was like what it used to be. I mean, I was, I probably say it only because I, my junior year rolling was pretty much gone my spring season. And then you got, you know, my whole senior season was, was nothing there. So I remember it as to be like very dull. Right. But when I went out to Cal Club last, uh, last this past year, I went to go see my old teammates race and I missed it. I, 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 it was, it's, it's a really interesting regatta, you know, Cal Cup is also on the same waterway as the, uh, as, as Christopher regatta. And it's also the home of Long Beach, of Long Beach juniors, where it's also going to be the 2028 LA Olympics, which I was wanted to talk to you guys about that because it's literally, you know, going to be in LA, right? Huge, a huge thing for our, for our, uh, you know, for our state, for our county and whatnot. But it's gonna be a fifteen hundred meters. How do you guys how do you guys feel about that? Like, um, nah, yeah, I feel like I feel like it's kind of odd. Like it's 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 kind of giving a lot of like you know like Stotesbury Cup, East Coast like scholastic racing. Like, what's going on? You guys think it should be moved to like Newport or something, or even on the on the creek? Like, what's going on here? I mean, the creek would be a cool little thing, but there's not really much places to kind of watch. You know, yeah, definitely, probably not the creek since you when we if we have enough people to take like three eights out. It gets really tight. If we like have three eights and a few small boats, it gets to like you have a few inches in between your oars. I don't know if the creek could hold, um, but Long Beach was probably the place we frequented the most. It's to the point after all of our races, we would all get off Sadie Bulls together. It was like a schedule at that point. So I don't know because so our first like 2000 meter race, if I'm correct, was Crew Classic. And that was a nice little shock to all of our systems because we only ever did 1500s. So adding that last 500 was a lot, but I don't know how I feel about it being 1500, but if it has to go, it has to go. But it was definitely interesting to, for it to be there. 
Well, and I feel like, oh, sorry, go Shannon. No, 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 go. (laughs) I was just going to say from a Coxon's perspective, you have to completely rework a race plan. Like that's just a different, given that it's a different length course, you're going to have to train differently. You're going to have to strategize differently. And, you know, given that the Olympics is kind of like top tier racing, like that's about as competitive as you can get. I feel like it's weird that it's not representative of all of the um, junior racing that happens, you know, for kids that are younger. I don't know. I agree with you. Shannon, I wanted to ask you, you know, how, uh, what did you feel about like that boat, the men's eight and like where Casey was coxing them, you know, and it was Alex and all the guys. I mean, what was, what was going through your head? Like, were you bummed that they, because they were on the, they were literally, in my opinion, I think they would have gone to nationals that year. So what was going through your head? Um, yeah, that was, that was rough. We didn't really like, it just, we didn't really know how long it was going to be closed down. So we like a couple regattas were canceled and we just were like, it was all coming to us kind of, um, a lot during the season. Um, so it wasn't kind of like a shock, but I mean, it was sad. Our, that the women's aid, at least I can't speak too much on the men's aid. I don't remember it too well, but I, it was my first year rowing, but that was like the cow cup was our first regatta where we finally like found a lineup that worked. We had a couple rough regattas before at like fault line. Um, and then at cow cup, we changed the stroke, we changed the lineup around and it was, it went really well and it worked really well. And we were all pretty hyped about it. Um, and then, yeah, it got canceled, but I mean, it was, it was still an awesome experience. I mean, it was so cool. Like some of the girls on that boat, it was so cool to row with. It was my first year rowing and like I, and Rachel and I learned so much from them. Yeah, it was sad. Kind of only, I was a novice. Annabelle and I were novices our 2020 year. So our eight was actually, it was a pretty solid eight. Like we were at Fault Line was our last race. And I remember being like in the A boat, not understanding that Marin and Newport were kind of the top dogs. Like we were, be, we were able to beat them. Like I remember talking to our coach at the night before and her being like, well, Marin's hard to beat, but like we're neck and neck with them. And we were performing pretty well. And then that season got cut off. And it was like a real shock because we were rowing for six months and we came back and we were on the varsity team and we were expected to have all this like technique that we just didn't have because we didn't have our spring season. So all of our 2Ks were a lot much slower than they should have been because we were cut off. But I remember not knowing like teams like Marin and Newport were like top dogs because we were just kind of able to keep in the pack with them. So I remember that. And then coming to our my varsity year and being like, oh no, like these girls are like, top like they're strong they're going to like d1 schools and be recruited junior year speaking about that annabelle shannon mia where are you guys look looking into your own college is that something that you're thinking about doing yeah yes you want, sure. you want to stay in state or you want you want to go out state i'm i'm kind of looking all over the place i don't have a i don't have a strict state that i'm interested in i kind of i like places on the coast so probably I'd stay on west coast or east coast but um kind of looking all around. Yeah, I'm definitely looking at more WCC schools like California, Oregon, Washington type situation. I committed to Berkeley. Um, <laughs> thank you. That's yeah, I committed awesome. to Berkeley. Awesome. National. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. I mean, I, that's insane. Didn't, didn't Rachel commit to as well to a school? Yes, Rachel's going to Yale. She's What's coming called? with me. Wow. <laughs> that's awesome. You're you guys, you guys gonna dorm together? You think maybe, or like live in an apartment it's, or something? That's it's awesome. random first year, but yeah, maybe maybe when we're both upperclassmen, that'd be so much fun. That's gonna be hype! Oh my gosh, 
Yeah, I know. I mean, Shannon, you uh, you and Rachel took the pair up there, and it, I mean, how like I know we talked about it earlier in the podcast, but like you guys, like I don't know. I'm just I'm very happy that you guys did that. You know, it's, it's awesome what you guys were able to do. Uh, in my opinion, I don't really care about race results. I mean, they're 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 nice to have under your belt, you know. But like whatever the race result was, you still went to the regatta, and most people can't do that. And I just wanted to say that was. That's awesome. And for being juniors as well, not even seniors, speaks volumes. And you said you went to the camp last year. So that means you went to selection as a, as a sophomore? Yeah, we went to selections as sophomores. It was rough because we hadn't, with COVID and everything, our only training up to it was really, we had like sessions and it was like every other day. So we weren't really in the best shape, but that was a, a really fun experience too. Hope was there with us. Um, yeah, it was awesome to get to do this this year. We kind of looked at it as like, it's great that we're here. We didn't think we'd make it and we're just going to make the best of like, we're just going to do our best. The first race we had, there was like a lot of pressure and it didn't go very well. It, like the results kind of stayed very similar throughout the whole regatta, but just like mentally the races went a lot differently. And by the end, we were able to say that we were like proud of our performance, which was all that really mattered for us. So, yeah. Got you. And Hope, I wanted to ask you a question. Like obviously Yale's, one of the best schools ever. I mean, that's insane. But like, were there any other rowing schools that you're looking at besides Yale? Yeah, there were. I actually had a really funny recruitment just kind of process because of the pandemic. So um, I started talking to coaches, obviously, summer after my sophomore year, as soon as you're allowed to. Um, but that like that was peak pandemic. And so I didn't go on any official visits or any unofficial visits. Um, I was had just a bunch of phone calls with coaches. Um, I originally reached out to maybe like 11 or 12 schools. Um, I, I didn't cast a super wide net just because, um, you know, I was like, I, I'd, I'd rather reach out to schools that I know for sure that I'm interested in and I would accept an offer from, um, otherwise, you know, if recruitment's not in the books for me, then I'll apply regularly and, and, you know, potentially walk on. Um, and Yale was one of the first schools that showed interest in me. Um, and at the time, uh, Laura Simon was their, um, recruitment coach. She's no longer with them, but um, so she's the one that I was in contact with. And I talked to them from like, you know, June of um, after my sophomore year to about December. And then Coach Simon said that they kind of similar to you, I think, Hudson. She was like, oh, because, you know, the pandemic and this extra year of eligibility, um, we're having a lot of the people that we recruited for the class ahead of you take a gap year because we have too many people on the team right now. We can't recruit this many people which then filled up spots for my year because it kind of pushed down the line. So she said the coxswain that we recruited for the year ahead of you has now effectively taken your spot because she's going to take a gap year um, unless she can get into the school on her own. And, you know, we're going to have her apply um, and see if, if that works out. But otherwise, like, I'm sorry, we no longer have a spot. We didn't foresee this. Um, and so I just stopped. Like, I literally lost all communication with Yale because I didn't think that was going to work out from December until April. And then April of my junior year, um, I got a call or an email from them saying that this girl got in on her own and the spot was now available. Um, and they wanted to get on a zoom call with me, like literally that day, got on a zoom call and, and, um, was offered a spot that day. So it was kind of crazy. It happened really fast. I, I always joke about this. I went on a, um, like a college tour with my parents spring break of my junior year and saw like all the schools that I was talking to Yale, not included. And then a week later committed to Yale. So, um, kind of funny. My parents still have yet to see the school. Um, I had been for like a summer camp, so I had seen it, but, um, 
I met the team and the coaches for the first time um, for like my orientation this year after I'd already committed and gotten in. Um, but I was talking to some other schools, um, all D1, and I did receive another offer, but um, ultimately chose yeah. Good choice. I mean, you can't go wrong with it, you know? I mean, all besides all besides athletics, you know, it's you're going to get the degree, right? And the degree is important. And a lot of people say like, oh, yeah, if you don't get into the school, like people think that if you don't graduate from your dream school, you don't get into the school, whatever. But it just matters of what you have in your hand, right? That diploma, that degree, that's what matters. It really doesn't matter where it is. But when you have like, if you want to go to like law school or whatnot, like some people say like, oh, if you have like those higher level schools, you they come out of the university with, you know, six figure job, six figure job and whatnot. It's like really, you know, cool. But in my personal opinion, you get the you get the degree. That's all you need. You know what I mean? So it's important to know that. And I just wanted to say, like, I, 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 I again, I told you earlier, I can't wait to see how you do. You know, it's going to be fun. So it, it really Thank is you. fun. And internationally speaking, too, like, did you, so I'm guessing you never went on your official right to Yale, did you? No, I never went on an official. So how, so my, my buddy went to on the men's team and he's like, they, some of these guys knew nothing about football. Like he knew he was like super like a football fan. Right. And he's like, have these international dudes had no idea about football. Are you, how many international, like what's the ratio? Do you know of how many Americans in the international are on the women's team? Yeah. Um, I don't know about the team as a whole, but just, I can speak for my incoming class. Uh, there are 11 of us, 10 rowers. I'm the coxswain. Um, and six of the 11 are international. And each of them is from a different country. There's um, England, Ireland, Scotland, Switzerland, Czech Republic, and New Zealand, and then the U.S., which is pretty wow. cool. That's gnarly. I had a podcast yesterday with the Hungarian girls, the Hungarian Junior National Team, and uh, that was interesting. I it was a great podcast. It was it was wonderful. Um, I loved it. But uh, yeah, anyways, um, really really cool. Uh, recruitment wise, uh, for the whole entire MAC, how do you guys get athletes? Because we're, I mean, my team was struggling. Like, maybe it's because we're a small schooling club and our coaches would put them in singles and they'd leave the, the next day. That's probably what, what you shouldn't do. Uh, I know people who said that, that I told them that, they're like, oh yeah, I would have left. Like, that wouldn't have been, I would have gone, you know. How do you guys keep these athletes and how do you guys cast a wide network to get these athletes? You know, I mean, you know, social media is big, but there has to be other ways, word of mouth, I guess. I think in terms of like getting new novices to come in, I think a lot of it comes from just people knowing um, current MAC athletes. Like for me, for example, I go to the same school as Hope and um, I've just known her from like around school at that point. And then I knew she rode. And at that point I was looking for um, kind of a new sport to join. Cause I kind of grown out of the sport I've been doing previously and just kind of, I saw her doing that. And I just kind of was like, okay, well, I'll try that since Hope does it. And it's like a local option. So I think a lot of it is just coming from somebody knowing somebody else on the team and then just kind of joining Mac um, just to see how it is. We have a tryout process. And then at the end of that, you can kind of, it's um, at least when I tried out, they're like, come try out. If you get on the team, you can either accept it or refuse it. If you're not, it turns out to not be your thing. But I think that is how to get a lot of our new novices. I also think rowing is such a special sport in the way you start when you're like 13, 14, you're kind of freshman, sophomore year. So the way I kind of fell into rowing because I used to play soccer from like the time I was like six to like 13 and I got injured, like my knees were shot. And I remember sitting at the doctor being so bummed I couldn't play a sport anymore. 
and her telling me my like different options and rowing was one of them since it's kind of lower impact on your joints. So I think it's a great sport when people realize they fell out of love with their sport, they were in an abusive sport and they need something else, but they don't want to be bottom of the totem pole. At 13, 14, you start with everybody. So I think that's also a really big kind of benefit of rowing is you all start together instead of being at different levels when you come in. It's just like rowing is so it's, but it's very like physically invasive. Like you, like it's, it's, I rode for a summer. Let me tell you <laughs> something else. You guys do a lot of good. That's it's not as simplistic as I once thought. It humbled me. Right. I, I, I think learning how to row its coxswain is a really good gift because you're able to really see things like I was saying from a different perspective and you're able to really know rowing stroke and how to be a student of the sport and whatnot. So it's actually a very good thing to do. Uh, and I find out like a lot of coxswains actually start off as rowers and they transition to being a coxswain later on. But yeah, I hopped on right as a coxswain. And I think like Hope saying, you don't really, no one really teaches you how to be a coxswain. It's like, it's really just like spot on. Like you just kind of have to use your mind and just kind of pick things out from different things that you've read or heard about and kind of ask for feedback and don't be, don't be afraid to ask the people what they like to know, like, like that. You got to make sure you're hearing the boat and taking feedback and not being content with how you are at the moment, always wanting to improve. Um, and I think that just from what I've heard, Coach Zohar and Coach Melanie, you know, they also run World West, which is a huge, uh, you know, program that they do. And they have athletes come around from all over the West Coast and even the East Coast. And they, they get a lot of athletes. Um, it's just, it's all women's, it's all women's uh, rowing over the summer. And they actually train at the USC uh, port in LA. Uh, it's, a, it's actually, it's not really in, Los Angeles and it's in Long Beach, but it's actually a really cool thing. I mean, a lot of it's obviously a port, right? So it's not like a typical place you think people would row, but it's actually really interesting. And there's all these ships and, and stuff like that. And it's really cool. Um, and yeah, I mean, I heard great stuff about it. I really have. I actually called Coach Melanie um, like two years ago. Uh, and I was trying to get some some of my coxswains that I had on my team, trying to get them in. And um, yeah, it was it's cool. They uh, were interested in it and thinking about it. And I'm just very like intrigued by this all at Mac. I just think the culture there is really strong. And what happens if like an athlete starts to act out? Like how do the coaches go about it? Like, has there ever been an instance where like there's been something going on, some shady stuff, gossip or whatnot? Like I'm always curious because I know at my team, it was like only a couple people on the team. So we really don't have to really deal with that. But I know it's sometimes toxicity kind of enters the boathouse and it's like, you know what I mean? I had a little bit of like an incident this year with some toxicity between a teammate and the way it's kind of addressed on our team is it's done as like, let's say it's after an erg, we'll all kind of sit down and kind of like chat after our erg and it will be kind of like a broad thing. Like it's never, at least I think one-on-one -on -one direct is something later down the line, but we address kind of the issue and how we're all teammates and how we support everybody through everything. Like you're your number one competitor as well as your number one teammate. Like, so we definitely do broader stuff before it goes one-on-one. -on -one. We try to handle it right as the issue starts and it usually fizzles out after that but also we're a bunch of teenagers on a team and we're with like we're with each other sometimes more than we with, are with our school friends so it's kind of bound to happen but it's handled usually pretty well for sure I, I wanted to ask one more thing like you guys practice six times a week right so some of the athletes on my team they were they were complaining they're like oh yeah we can't do Fridays we have plans we have this we have that and it's like all right listen buddy I I, I hear you out but like you know you got to, you got to practice, you got to train, you know, you, rowing is one of those things where it's like, if you don't train so much, it's going to get even harder for you to get back on the circuit. Uh, and the worst is when you see people get injured and it's like, 
it's not like basketball, baseball. It's it's very different. Um, and people come back to rowing and it's like they have really good muscle memory and they're able to kind of get back into the groove of things. And it's like, they're oh, their they're swing's back. They can kind of do it. It takes a while to get fitness back up. But like, how do you guys manage to do all this training? I mean, it's I shouldn't say all this because, I mean, in all, in all honesty, it's kind of like expected as a competitive athlete to train each day. But like for being a, for being a student athlete, for being, you know, a kid, it's a lot. And Los Angeles, they, it's a it's pretty tough. I, I think educationally speaking out here, it's like it's very, very a lot of kids are trying to compete. It's very competitive academically and whatnot. So, yeah, how does how do you guys manage to do all this? I guess time management. Um, I'll let some of the rowers touch on the more physical aspect of, of the heavy training schedule. But I think, um, first of all, attendance is really big on our team. Um, every day Zohar has an attendance sheet and he checks off who's there and who's not there. Um, and we have an attendance racing rule. I don't know the exact number, but I think it's if you miss more than like 40% of practices, you're not allowed to race. So you're not voted for any lineups. And at that point, it's like, you know, at least in my mind, what's the point of coming to practice if you're not going to race? So I think that's a big incentive for people. But I also think like, the fact that we have such great attendance or we have in the past kind of speaks volumes to the fact that like our team wants to be there. We want to be there. We want to be training. We want to be getting faster. And if you're not one of the people that's showing up on a regular basis, you're not going to be given, um, you know, as many opportunities or you're not going to be see races often because you're just not putting in the time and the effort and it's, you know, it's visible. Another great thing that Zohar does and has done for years as a part of Mac is like a program called mental skills. And so obviously from like, there's the physical side of having a really heavy training schedule, but there's also the mental side of it. And like I said, I can't really speak, you know, to this from, from personal experience, given that I'm not completing these erg pieces, but we didn't do it as frequently this year as we did in my sophomore year. Um, because I mean, for various reasons, but whenever we would have like a really high wind day. And so we'd be stuck on land or sometimes like almost weekly during our, you know, as like a precursor to our ergs. So would gather the varsity women's team into like, we have this like little like classroom. It's like in like a little trailer kind of next to the boathouse. And it has like a big projector and he has a series of slideshows that he would kind of share with us and walk us through ranging from like 15 minutes to an hour each and each one was a different topic whether it was about grit goal setting you know persistence things like that each topic related to kind of like the mental toughness of being an athlete in our sport and I don't maybe the rowers can touch on like what how effective they thought those lessons were but I always admired the fact that Zohar put effort into um, coaching both the physical and the mental side of being an athlete. Cause you know, I think they, they both are um, obviously really important. You guys run a good thing over there, you know? And I, I know that like, if you guys miss a day, miss a day, there's not, there's a consequences for that unless you're like really sick or whatnot. Like at my team, when I, when I first joined, there was like, you had a certain amount of unexcused options that you had. And if you missed any more of those, like homework is not an excuse. School isn't really an excuse like that. Like you have to make sure you're showing up because everyone here is a student athlete and everyone else has homework too. So you have to make, as a, when you sign up to be on a part of a team like this, you have to make sure that you're taking enough time out of the, your day to focus on school and focus on, on rowing. And let me tell you, it's hard. It's hard to make, it's hard to make those time management shifts. So um, yeah, some of the people that are able to do that and still be really good athletes, like, like Shannon and you, Annabelle and Nia, like you know, even hope you hope, like it does take a lot of time to kind of get it down, but, I guess, do you have any tips for anybody out there that might be that you wish you would have known as a younger kid or anything like that? I would say I just like staying organized, stay on top of 
everything you have to do. I'm a big believer in like planners. I have an organizational like little planner where I would write down every day when I needed to be at practice and kind of carve out my schedule to make sure that I got everything done. Um, I think organization is huge, um, huge piece of time management. I, I would say working, working smart rather than working hard, if that makes sense. Is that the right? I don't yeah. I don't know if I said that right. Work, work, smart, work, not, work smarter, not harder. Yeah. That's what it is. Got you. Okay. Another thing uh, I realized was I remember having a conversation with Zohar once where I was talking kind of about like the workload and how to balance it and to use the time you're at rowing as the time you're at rowing. Try to not think about your homework, your tests. That is something later that you will have to handle and you'll have to be able to get control of. And something you have to learn as an athlete if you plan to complete your four years at Mac and go above. And to use it as like a mental break. Like I've learned that working out is one of the best ways to get rid of anxiety or if I have any other emotions going on in my life, going pulling hard does wonders for me. And finally having that realization really, really helped instead of bailing out and just doing the homework. Cause you're not doing homework for the three hours you're at practice. Like that doesn't ever compute. So I think realizing it's really good for my mental health just to go. Yeah, that was well said. I just think a tip would be like, prioritize your communication like on the team I think luckily we have a team where like communication is a really big theme whether it's like so many of us stay really late like after practice to talk to Zohar or Melanie about how practice went or how our technique needs to improve or like what we can be doing in terms of stretching so I think like that like just talking about where we can get better and also just again like it gets really competitive so keeping like an open communication with like teammates and um you know even when we don't when we aren't talking with Zohar and Melanie we talk a lot with like our boat mates about you know what we think we could do better and how we can be as fast as possible and I think going into this season especially because I was a novice and then COVID came and then suddenly I was on varsity I think I was a little like shy I wasn't really sure like how to communicate with people I was still kind of like feeling the waters and then over this season I think all of us have gotten really good at just you know working to talk with each other and communicate and really just use that to become our best selves and become our fastest selves you guys I that's that's good Annabelle thank you for sharing good stuff there I, I like that I uh I'm always curious you guys have like literally sponsored Nike gear don't you guys have like pretty good stuff I mean you guys got pretty good hookups. I'm not going to lie. We have whatever UCLA has. We've had Under Armour. We've had Adidas. We've had Nike. Whatever UCLA has, we have. And, and then they all makes our own unis. I'm you guys sure. have like cool hats. I mean, I saw some pretty cool stuff. You guys got pretty, you guys got kind of lucky there. Yeah, yeah not many programs got that. Yeah, we're lucky. This year we got um, visors. We got hoodies. We got like athletic tees um, and spandex and then unis. Cool. Cool stuff. That's awesome. So how, what is your uh, like, what are your thoughts right now? Who's going to be your coxswain? How are you guys going into the season this year? Season's just starting up now, right? Back in it. We start in September. We start like September 12th. So we're not really in it yet, but I'm really excited because all of our, so we had Bronwyn was one of our like main coxswain. So Bronwyn and Hope were like our main coxswains this year. And we also had Kina who transferred from rower to coxswain. So we have all new coxswains this year since obviously Bronwyn and Hope graduated. So I'm really excited to see how our new like baby coxswains develop. And also if we still do coxless boats, because that was a really big thing this year. We had only one cox boat go to nationals. So I'm really excited to see if we have new bows, if we continue with the quads and the straight fours to kind of see what's going to happen. I think Zohar's 
I think he's gonna try and make an eight this year. We were kind of, it was kind of like a fade into this year. He was trying to keep things light and just keep people excited about rowing and the training was a little different than it had been in previous years. So I think he's going to ramp it up a little bit and like things like water standards for 6Ks and everything, those are going to be like enforced. I'm, I think this year is going to be a little more hardcore, but in a good way, obviously. And uh, he's definitely going to do, I, I was talking to him a little bit, sorry, recently um, while we were training, but I, yeah, I think he's looking for an eight this year, which will be cool because we've been doing a lot of small boats. Um, but I think we're definitely still going to do those at like long beach and everything. Oh yeah. We're, it's exciting. We, we have, we're, it's such a small team still, but it, it's cool that we kind of get to grow it together. Totally. And I'm obviously not going to be there, but I think I talked to Zohar about a week or two ago. And given that U S rowing kind of reorganized the way that they're classifying events at regattas, yeah. I think our team's going to be organized a little bit differently too. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Cause in previous years, we've had a varsity team for the men and the women, and then a novice team for the men and the women in each. So four different squads and each squad had a different coach, different set of coaches. And Zohar would kind of like oversee everybody, but he was, primarily the varsity women's coach. But this year, I think given that there are no longer going to be like novice events at regattas and it's broken up by age, we're going to kind of restructure, reorganize the way that the team is divided. So it'll just be like a men's team and a women's team. There won't be like novice and varsity division. So I think they're going to maybe have, you know, one coach that specifically works with the incoming, you know, novices, the new, new rowers this year to kind of teach them how to row. But then I think there'll be a little bit more mobility between skill level. Kids that are younger will be able to race up if, if they're ready for it. And, um, I think there'll be a little bit more movement and I think it could, that could be really great. It'll be weird, but I think it could be really great for team bonding as well. Cause there won't be the division between, you know, novice and varsity. It'll just kind of be one big squad. Cool stuff. I'm excited to see how it pans out this year. I'm going to keep it up with you guys. Hope y'all come down there a couple of times. Kind of check it out. Maybe Coach Zohar lets me come on the launch. Got my boating license so I can actually ride a launch legally uh, and drive myself. But, you know, whoever, want, whoever who wants a Cox and driving a launch? Nobody. So I'm just going to, you know, do my own thing. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll just sit with Coach Zohar and whatnot. But uh, I, I'm, I'm pumped to see how you guys do this year. I really am. Uh, and I really hope you guys go out there and, and, and crush it. You know, some great races happening this year. Appreciate the time you guys talked to me. The new Mac is is going to start up this year, like Shannon was saying. Do you, you have plans to go back next year, right, Shannon, for for, for your national team? Oh, yeah, hopefully. Um, I want to go to selection and try and get in one of the bigger boats. A little change a little bit, but yeah. Good stuff. All right. Well, keep doing what you guys are doing. You know, don't change. You know, never give up and, and just uh, – I'm excited. Like I was saying, I think I've said it 8 million times this podcast, but I, I really want to enforce that. You know, I'm really happy for you guys. So uh, everyone, this is Four Stars Podcast. We got the Marina Aquatic Center varsity women's team on here. Hope, Annabelle, Mia, and Shannon. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. Please tune back for future episodes. Don't forget to rate the podcast on Apple Podcasts and just make sure you guys listen to all the podcasts I've got. Got some good stuff in the, in the oven. And I'm excited to release them soon. So take care, guys. And uh, I'll see you guys soon. Thanks, Hudson. Of course.